Okay, so we're up to Daf Lamid. Uh, we're up to Daf Lamid Tesamid Aleph. It's a short Daf. We're up to three lines from the uh, three lines into the page. So most of it is just boom, boom, boom halachis uh, related to Berchas Kehanim. But the Gemara starts off like this. The Gemara says, Kivan Shiniftach Once the Sefer Torah has been opened. And once the Sefer Torah is open for Kriya Satayra, you're not allowed to talk at all, even in learning. So even if you're not participating in the Minyan, and you want to just learn with Chavrusa, once the Sefer Torah is open, it's also even to talk in Tvar Halacha. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says, the Pasuk says in Nechemia, When they opened up the Torah to read, Omdu kolam. Now, omdu means to stand, but says the Gemara, ein amid Omdu could also mean to stay quiet. So once Pischai, once the Sefer Torah was open, omdu kolam, the entire people became quiet. Shenemar, how do I know that amida is a lashon of shtika, means to be quiet? Shenemar, v'aychalti kiloy yidaberi ki omdu le'onu oid. I waited, they did not speak, they stood and did not respond. So you see that Oman means to be quiet. So So when the Pasuk says that once the Sefer Torah is opened, the Omdu Kala'om, the entire people were Omad, means that once the Sefer Torah is open, you're not allowed to talk. Rav Zera Amr of Chizda, Mehacha, another source that once the Torah is open, you're not allowed to speak. Everyone listen to the Sefer Torah. I mean, once the Sefer Torah is open, you're not allowed to talk anymore. Vam Rav back to the halachas of Bechas Kayanim. If a Kayan does not wash his hands, he's not allowed to dochen. You have to wash your hands. If you don't wash your hands, it's not like a lechachila. It's not yaitz at all. Rashi talks about what if you wash your hands in the beginning, in the morning, and then you made sure throughout the evening, then it's fine. But if you, a Kayan doesn't wash his hands, he's not yaitzer. Because the Pasuk says, you lift up your hands in sanctity, meaning, you're mekadesh the yadayim, you wash the hands of Baruch Hashem, then you could bless the Jewish people. Shalu Talmidav is Rav Elazar ben Shamua. The students asked Rav Elazar ben Shamua, "Bamaharach de Yomim? On what account do you attribute your long life?" So Amr Lehen, Rav Elazar ben Shamua said, "Miyomai loyasisi beis haknesses kapandria." I mentioned this on the Tuesday night share. This is Nagei in our shul. You're not allowed to make a shul kapandria a shortcut. You're not allowed to make it into a shortcut. And by the way, I mentioned on Tuesday night that the whole heter of saying a pasuk doesn't help for a shortcut. It helps for the other halacha in Shulchan Aruch. The halacha is in Shulchan Aruch. There's two halachas. One is that if you enter a shul, you're not allowed to make a shortcut. That there's no heter for. The second halacha is that if you enter a shul to use the bathroom or you enter a shul to call somebody, for that, if you say a halacha, it works. But for making a shortcut, then uh, saying a halacha doesn't help. It's still considered a bizayon. Huh? The problem is the whole way, the whole way, because people daven there, according to many Paisim, has the Kedusha basic Nessus as well, so it's probably... Okay, so I guess if he, if he, if he, if he did it, that's fine, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, but for other people, no. So the Gemara says, that's the first thing that Rav Elizabeth Shamua said that he attributes his long life, is that he never made a use a shortcut, a shul as a shortcut. And by the way, you should know, the Shulchan Aruch says that if the shortcut existed before the shul, it's fine. The problem is the shul's been around since 1988. Nobody here is using the shortcut, remembers, before the shul existed. So I don't think that has to applies anymore. I'm, I'm saying, but, but, but everything was a road before the shul was built. It was 1988. You're talking about it's 34 years already. I, I don't know. There's got to be, I think there's a statute of limitations at some point. 1982, 83? I thought it was 88. 
Okay, so you're talking about 40, 40 years. At some point, the statute of limitations, at some point, it's a shul. So anyway, the first thing, and the second one is, loy pasati al-rashi am kadesh. The second thing is, I never stepped on the heads of the Jewish people. What does this mean? So the students would sit on the floor, and then when the Rav would walk in, he would sort of step over them. And it looked, it was a bad optic. He never did that. So what did he do? He either stood by the entrance, he would not enter the shul, because it would make them stand up or step over them, or he would get before them. But he would never step over people that were sitting. And the last one is, I never did birchas kahanim without a bracha. Apparently, in the times of Elizabeth Shamua, kahanim would get up and not make a bracha. They would just do birchas kahanim without a bracha. That was a problem. He never did that. He always made a bracha by birchas kahanim, and that's what he attributes, one of the reasons he attributes his arichas yamim. So the Gemara continues, What's the bracha of birchas kahanim? You say the bracha of which is obviously the bracha that we say. Now the Gemara says the rule: Ki karai when a koyin when the kehanim um, lift up their feet to start walking to the dochen. Right as we said during Ritzay, they already walk up. My Omar, there is a special tefillah. I guess there was a tradition, there were special tefillahs that Kehanim would say, what is that loss? what's the Lashem? So this is what they would say. should be the will before God, that the bracha that I'm about to bless the Jewish people, there shall not be any stumbling blocks. So basically, let this be successful. And when the Koyin, when the Koyin turns his face away, meaning... He blesses the Jewish people, okay, and then he turns to the Aaron. When he turns to the Aaron, what does he say? My Omar, Adabir of Chizda of Ukva of Adarash of Chizda letter of Ukva to say the following Drosha. Rebbeinu Shalolam, Master of the World, Asinu Mashe Gazar Talenu, we did what you asked of us. Asay Imanu, go to the next page. Mashe Tachtanu, now you do your part, which is Vavarachem, you're supposed to bless them. Then they said the Pasuk, look down from your abode and, and bless the Jewish people. Fine. Okay, so the basic premise of the next half an omit is very simple, and that is no one can do the next stage until the previous stage is done. The Kayanim can't start until they answer Amen is done. They can't do until everything you have to finish. So says the Gemara. We know the Kayanim, when they do the Bechaz Kayanim, their hands are like this, right? It's flat and separated like this. So they're doing this. They're not allowed to straighten their fingers until they turn away. So they have to turn away with their hands stretched out. They go to the arm, then they could stretch out, then they could um, straighten their fingers. Okay, the Gemara continues. We know that you say. I can't think of the bracha. So then, everyone answers Amen, and then you say Kaihanim, and they start. So the point is, you're not allowed to say Kaihanim until everyone answers Amen. While everyone's answering Amen, you can't say Kaihanim. You have to let the previous thing be finished, then you start the next. The Chazin cannot say the word Kaihanim until everyone's finished Amen. You finish Amen, and then you say Kaihanim. Vein, and by the way, it's the same thing. It's just very flow. It's the same thing. You can't do the next step until the previous step is completely finished. So, 
That's only if the Chazin's a Kayan. If the Chazin is not a Kayan, the Chazin is the one who says Kayanim. I've been... Yeah, yeah, Gavin, you know, you know what you do. <laughs> you have to, uh, Gavin, no Masara, okay? Go back to England. So the Chazan says Kayanim, so they say Omen, the Chazan says Kayanim, or someone says Kayanim in, in, in your shul. <laughs> no, no, so someone says Kayanim, and then the, now the Kayanim are saying the Bracha. Now, the halacha is, he, they cannot start saying the bracha until koyanim is done. They have to wait for koyanim. While he's saying koyanim, they can't already start baruch. They have koyanim, done, then start. Keep going. So to, let's say, it's, everyone says amen. You only say amen when they're finished the word yishmerecha. You don't say it while they're saying yishmerecha. You let them say the word. Then you answer Amen. And then the Kayanim cannot start the next brach of Yisa Hashem Panamilech until Amen is done. The Kayanim cannot turn away from the Tzibar to face the Aaron when they're done until the Chazan says Simshalom. So he says Simshalom, then they turn away. And they can't get off the duchen, get off the, 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 the bima area, the amid area, until Simshalm is done. So that's why the Kehanim, in the middle of Simshalm, they don't just walk down. They wait for Simshalm to be over, and then you could step down. Yeah, this is on the minute. I, I don't know if it's as required. Simshalom is the requirement. I'm not sure what the, the Kaddish is, the more the minute. He's an outsider. This is funny. <laughs> We're hiding. So the Gemara says, Amrav Zera, Amrav Chizda. Ein atzibar rishoyin la'anis amen. The tzibar cannot answer amen. Achetich labrachem apiakare. The tzibar cannot answer amen until. Um, until this is talking about Kriya Satoira, until Tikha Bracham Biakaira, until the end of the Bracha of uh Birchasatoira. Bain Akari Rasha Likrais, and the person can't start laning Achikha Omen Pitsibar until they finish the Omen. Bayna Matargan Rashal Hasl Matargim. They would you do this. I think Yemenites still do this, that they do a Pasuk and then the Matargim says the translation, Pasuk Pasuk. You can't start the translation until he's finished the Pasuk. And the Balkara cannot continue until the Metargim is done. Basically, it's the same flow. You got to let the pre- previous person finish the thing, then you start the next thing organized. You're not stepping on each other. Okay. We've had this before that there was a special that the Maft, you cannot read Haftorah until the same person that's reading the Haftorah. It gets mafter, meaning a special concept called mafter. What's their Indian of mafter? You have to lay in seven aliyahs, which we do. What's the purpose of mafter? The whole purpose of mafter was that we know during there was a time period, according to some historians, it was during the time period of Hanukkah, where they asserted laning. You couldn't read from the Torah, but they wanted to have something. So the Chazal were mitakin to read from Navi or Ksuvim from Nach to have a similar method, at least 21 psukim. Corresponding. Now, Baruch Hashem, we were able to lane again, but they decided, let's keep it going. It was a nice minute, we are going to keep it going. The problem is, if you... Haftorah, correct. The problem is that if you have seven aliyahs of Kriya Torah and then you do Haftorah, in people's minds, they're equal in importance, because you have the laning, 
and you have Haftorah. The problem is that's not true. The laning is a takana of Moshe Rabbeinu. The Haftorah was just a, they, you know. So therefore, in order to show that the laning is more important than the Haftorah, we have Haftorah being led by the same person who had the laning. So it's saying, like, like I got a Aliyah, that's the Iker, and then, like, Agav, tangentially, I'm also going to do Haftorah. So you have to do Haftorah, you have to do Maftir before Haftorah to show that the Haftorah is not as important. It's like a subsidiary of laning. Okay, so says the Gemara. The one who does Haftorah cannot start Haftorah until the Sefer Torah has been rolled up. Okay? Meaning you have to wrap up the Sefer Torah before the Haftorah begins. Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Now, during the week, you, you can start Ashrei while he's still doing it because it's two separate in Yanim. But for Haftorah, you have to wait for Kavra Torah, you have to close up the Sefer Torah, then you can do Haftorah. What this means is like this. In the times of the Gemara, they still do this in some shuls. Um, at least they probably should do it in some shuls because uh, a lot of shuls don't have safes, which is funny to me. Um, they should have a safe to protect the safe Torah. So what some shuls do, if they don't have a safe in the actual shul, is the safe Torah is, let's say, kept downstairs or next door. They'll bring it in for lading. That's what some places do. And that's what they used to do in the times of the Gemara. The Sefer Torah was generally not kept in shul. They would bring it in from a side room or a separate room into the shul. Now, while they would do this, so think about it. They would have, think about it, you have the R in there. They would bring the Sefer Torah in. Before they would bring the Sefer Torah in, they would put out nice velvet and carpets to adorn the, the bima, you know, to make it ready for the landing. They'd bring the Sefer Torah in. Now, here's the thing. The Sefer Torah's got to leave. People cannot wait. We're going to see. People are not allowed to leave the shul until the Sefer Torah leaves. So says the Gemara, You should not take off. What they would do is like this. Ideally, you take the Sefer Torah out immediately. The second landing's done or whatever. The second, you know, you could take the Sefer Torah. Take the Sefer Torah out so that people can leave. What apparently in some shuls what they would do is the Chazin... Well, before he would take the Sefer Torah out, he would already start dismantling all the velvets and all the things. Not supposed to do that. It's They shouldn't have to wait while you're dismantling the bima and whatever that would look like to take off the carpets. You should not take apart the velvets and all these things that they would put on the bima to adorn the... Don't take that off now. Take the Sefer Torah out. Get the Sefer Torah out of there so that people can leave. Then after... Even, first of all, even, yeah, because people, people, you allow, whatever, whenever they would take the Sefer Torah back, they probably, after, when we would do Yahalu, they would take it back. The point is, don't wait to dismantle the art, the, the Biba, or whatever that would look like. Take the Sefer Torah out, and then take the velvet stuff after davening, when you don't have to, because, like, the Chazim would be like, why should I make two trips? The answer is that people are now waiting an extra 40 seconds, extra two minutes, that's not right for the Tzibar. So take the Sefer Torah out, and then after davening, take whatever velvet stuff you got, and so that the people can at least leave. This is very connected. You're not allowed to leave the shul until the Sefer Torah is removed and put in its proper spot. Now, Shmuel says, now the first opinion, uh, it's a Shaila in, uh, I'll read you how, how Rashi uh, Rashi translated. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'll read you how the, the Mepharshim explained. 
The people cannot leave the shul. That means that the sefer has to be returned to its original spot. Then you could leave. Shmuel says the sefer doesn't actually have to go to its spot. It just has to leave first. So does the sefer have to be returned to the Aaron? Or does it have to, or could it just leave first? So says the Gemara, it just depends on how many exits there are. If there's multiple exits, you could leave before the Sefer Torah is back in the yard. If there's one exit, the Sefer Torah has to go first. I'll tell you, uh, practical halacha, the way the Mepharshim understand this Gemara is differently than the way, like, classic Rashi. The way they understand the Gemara is that there's two opinions. One is you could leave while the Torah is still on the bima. The other opinion is you have to wait for the Sefer Torah to leave. So how do you explain it? The answer is, are there multiple exits? If there's multiple exits, you could leave even with the Sefer Torah here because the Sefer Torah is not going to go in the same exit you are. Meaning it's not respectful for you to walk out from the same exit before the Sefer Torah. If there's multiple exits, you could leave. If there's one exit, you got to wait for the Sefer Torah. Exactly. And also you have to know, if you look at the Shulchan, I looked at the Shulchan before David, it's, it's very complicated. It's like you're allowed to leave, but you have to wait in the hallway for the Sefer Torah like, even if there's multiple exits, the Shulchan Aruch says, you can't leave the building. You're allowed to leave the shul, but you have to wait in the hallway for the Sefer Torah, meaning you can, uh, so you still really can't leave. It's, it's a bit unclear. Let's just uh, finish up the daf. He explained to me the following. What's the Pasuk? Go after God, meaning let the Sefer Torah go first, and then you go. We'll run through this. It's pretty simple. When the Kehanim blessed the Jewish people, Mahin Oimrim. What do the people say? I guess this is this is what do the Israelim say? We obviously uh, um, we say the Ribbon Shalolam, and then there's a like a long Yihiratzon that you guys say by the last one. I don't say the Chabad just says the Ribbon Shalolam. Um, no, we just say it once at the end. We don't say it three times. We just say one at the last one. Um, but apparently, in the times of the Gemara, there were different things that were said. So, what were the things that the the Jewish people should say to sort of accept the bracha graciously? Amrav Zera, Amrav Chizda, they would say the following. Baruch Hashem Malach of Gibare Kayach. Bless Hashem, the strong warriors. Baruch Hashem called Sevakov, Misharsav, Ayser Ritzayne. Baruch Hashem called Malach of Bechomakoy Zashalder Baruch Nashi Hashem. They would say that bracha. It has three parts, probably corresponding to each one, corresponding to a different line. Now, that's what they would say standard during Bechaz Kohanim. Bimusve de Shabsa, when the Kehanim blessed. During Musaf of Shabbos, the Gemara is assuming Musaf of Shabbos, you should have a special, you know, in honor of Musaf, you should have a special tefillah. So what would they say? So those three correspond to each line. The Lemanamis, the Gemara asks, shouldn't they also say Shouldn't they also say which is also in that parasha? Amr Yehuda. You, you don't want to say Hashem blessing Tzion. You want to just stick with the other three because they're all about uh, uh, blessing Hakadosh Baruch Hu, recognizing Hashem's blessing as opposed to asking Hashem to bless us. Okay, fine. We'll just finish up. On a tainus of mincha, they would also have the bechus kohanim. So, what should the Jewish people say? My Omri, Amrav Acha Ber Yaakov, Imaynenu Anu Banu Hashem Aseilaman Shemecha. This is all describing Hashem should save us in times of tzara. We'll end with this. The Gemara says, And on Ne'ilah of Yom Kippur, my Omer, what's the special thing that the Yisraelim should say? 
So, okay, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow to continue in this topic. Yeah, very pleasant.